0: well just look at you my gosh hi mom i think she's watching um man it feels weird being up here and (laughs) having things to say um uh if my public speaking teacher could see me now (laughs) um man thank you guys for being here um, like my friend Meryl said, my name is Justin, and I'm the student ministry pastor here, and I've been here for seven years. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, and um, I get to work with middle school and high school students, but I've been, I've been working with middle school and high school students for almost 17 years. Um, and and um, believe it or not, I'm married to Mackenzie, the person <laughs> who comes up here and speaks to you guys all the time. And I can't believe it either. And um, we, we have a little boy. His name is Powell. Um, and he is the coolest. He is just a party animal just like his old man. Um, and, man, I, I love getting to sit up here. And, guys, I love what I get to do. I work with middle school and high school students, and I've been doing it for a long time. And, man, I love it. I tell people all the time I'm part of the 1% that actually loves middle school students. I really do. Uh, And maybe you're like, I have a kid who's a middle school student, and I don't like him. Um, I get that. I get that. But um, I care about friendship. I care about friendship with your student because I believe friendship makes life that much sweeter. I truly believe that. And here's the thing. I normally speak to middle school kids, and um, they normally just, whatever pops up in the old noodle of theirs, they just say. They just send it my way. All right, so um, you're in luck. You're in luck. We actually passed out some bingo cards, and we're going to play bingo tonight. And so if you'll look at those sheets, you'll see a bunch of different phrases. And if I say one of those phrases, you can mark it off. And then once you get a full line across or diagonal or up and down, I want you just to yell bingo no matter where I am in this teaching. (laughs) And I'm taking a risk. All right, and maybe you're like, I don't yell out ever about anything. Just hand it to a a young person; they'll yell for you. All right, Uh, uh, dairy, you can't win. Sorry. Um, uh, And then whenever you, whenever someone wins, my friend Daniel right here is gonna run a a, a prize to you. Isn't that wild? He's just going to sprint like full speed. Um, So I wouldn't get up during that time. All right, because he's gonna be he's gonna be hauling up and down the rows. But uh, I, I love speaking to middle school students, I really do. When I was in Denver, I spoke at like this little middle school conference thing, and there's tons and tons of middle school kids. And I'm speaking, and I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm into it, and I'm passionate. And then in the middle of my teaching, a kid just goes, Dinosaurs aren't real! Just yells it out. So that's a, that's a, that's a free one for you guys. He just yells it. Dinosaurs aren't real. And no one says a word. It's just silence. And I'm like, did I hear that correctly? Like, what am I hearing here? And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like sitting there. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so blown away. Like, I'm just shook. And I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden I just move on. And then I'm like, two or three minutes later, a kid just goes, have you ever seen Jurassic Park? And I'm like, what is this? What is happening? And once again, no one said a word, and I thought I was hearing things. But maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. Okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh. I, I loved in that conference, a middle school kid answered his phone in the middle of me teaching. He's like, yeah, now's a great time to talk. What's up? And I'm like, what's happening? Like, who are your parents? Um, but it was, it was a really, really fun conference. But um, when I was 20, forgot this was here, my fault, my fault. When I was 20, I got an opportunity to go work at a camp in Northern California, and if you know me even a little bit, you know I really like bicycles. I love them. I I like like riding them, like working on them. I like looking at them. I watch YouTube videos about how to fix things on items that I don't own, all right? (laughs) So so I just love, uh, by all things, bicycles, and I got a job at a camp uh, fixing mountain bikes and riding mountain bikes and taking kids on rides and it was awesome. I did it all summer. And this this camp is really special to me. This is where I got to meet my wife Mackenzie and uh, and we fell in love. And and it was well we didn't we didn't fall in love there. It wasn't like one of those forbidden love things. I promise. All right, you know the you know who we're talking about those, sam- those summer crushes that everybody hated. All right, um, it wasn't like that. But. Um, What would happen is a a group of students would come to what we call the bike barn, and I'd give them a bike and a mountain bike, and we'd go over. And so this one time, it was about 7 a.m., and 20-year-old Justin is sitting there, and I remember just pushing aside my feathered bangs. Um, uh, <laughs> that's a stupid joke. Um, uh, and and these 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 bunch of freshman girls started coming up, and they're all wearing like flip-flops and pajama pants. And you're like, oh dear. I was like, hey guys, did you bring anything else? And they're like, we ride bikes all the time, like in San Diego. And I'm like, yeah, in San Diego, sure. And they and like I'm not kidding you. Every single kid thinks they're like a tour de France winner, every single one of them and like they're like oh yeah well uh I I ride like all the time like yeah like on the boardwalk like with like nothing around of course you do and so and I'm like whatever so I start handing out bikes I'm going through the ride talk and I'm like hey guys remember if you if you just squeeze your front brake um your front tire will stop all right promise okay and so throughout this whole summer you see kids go down all the time and, and 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 most of them are funny most of them are. Um, and some, like, there's like 1% that you're like, yeah, and then it's funny. Um, and so um, I, I was handing out these bikes, and then, um, it's, I mean, this is not like church camp mountain biking. This is intense, all right? I made the trail, I know, and I'm not a good mountain biker. Um, and we were out there riding around, and so when we come to this very end, and I tell people all the time, I go, and we always stop, and I go, you see that bridge up there, and here's what, here's what this bridge looks like. It's like a big ditch. All right, and there's three railroad ties that are like dug into the like the dirt and you ride across these railroad ties to the other side. And there's no railings and stuff. It's like the wild wild west out here, all right? So, you you go and the thing is is because the because the it, there's been so many rides on it, they've kind of gotten a rut in these railroad ties and if you hit this thing just right, it will turn your front tire straight off the side. Okay, so the left side is like a cliff, immediate doom. Okay, right side is this big briar patch, big sticker bush, and it's ugly, thorns and all sorts of stuff. All right, and so I, I'm, telling, I'm telling you exactly what I told them. All right, we're sitting there, and I'm like, hey, if you guys want to walk your bikes across, that's cool, you can do, do that. And so, all right, it's like, everybody ready to go? Anybody have any questions? And kids are like, when is this over? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're close. And, and so we start going. We start going and I ride across, and the first person comes through, and I'm like, You're barely alive. And then I like go through, and then like it just like keeps going, and, and there's kids, girls walking their bikes, and then all of a sudden, there's one girl. She's already fallen like four times. She comes. I'm not kidding you guys. She could not have hit this groove any better, all right? She just, I mean, it's like she was aiming for it, all right? And you know you're in trouble when you just see feet off to the sides, and just this. You know, you're you like, uh-oh, I wish I could stop this, but I'm only, you know, I'm only one man. All right, and so she goes and hits this groove, and then she starts turning that wheel to that briar patch, and then she does the unthinkable. She grabs a whole bunch of left brake, front brake, and her bike stands straight up, pauses in midair, defies the laws of physics, and then falls headfirst straight into this briar patch, all right? And I'm over here, and all I see is her go over, and then I just see pajama pants blowing in the wind, hanging on the briar patch. And as a 20-year-old man, I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, someone should help her. (laughs) And she is just, and then all of her friends are just laughing, just laughing. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I can't. And, and people are like, I mean, screaming. And all of a sudden she's just like, someone help me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You don't want to live there. (laughs) And, and then finally she goes, she goes, Megan. And Megan was her leader. And Megan goes, what? Like, she, like, knew. Like, <laughs> what are you eating for dinner? Like, she was like, Megan, help. And she goes, okay. And she gets down on her knees on this, on, this, on this bridge. And she goes, just try to grab my hand. And she, like, can barely touch her fingers. Like, barely. And she keeps falling. And here's the thing. I'm not going over there. I've already seen enough. And then all of a sudden, uh, she steps up and goes, Hey, sorry, I can't reach you. It's a terrible leader. And then all of a sudden, she goes, Justin, help! <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, there's another Justin out here. I've never met a girl Justin. Wild. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Justin, where you at? <laughs> it's time for you to show up. And then she's like, no, the guy who works here named Justin. Really long, beautiful hair. <laughs> I made that last part up. And I'm not kidding you, and I slowly start walking over to what I'm thinking is going to be a crime scene. And I do this yeesh. Okay, and then I'm like, you know, trying my best to, you know, not make this weird, even though it is. And I like grab this tree and I'm like, just, just, just grab my foot or something. And pull yourself up. And she's like, I can't reach it. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, maybe we all just make like a, like a train kind of thing. And then, she's, and then all of a sudden she just goes, you're going to have to come down. I don't think so. And so I'm sitting there. And it's like either her family comes and visits her on holidays. Or I go down into this briar patch so I start going down in this briar patch, and it's sticking to me and all the stuff. And, and, and she goes, and I'm like, how do you want to do this? And she's like, you just got to push me up. And I'm like, well, there's <laughs> not a lot to grab onto. Uh, that's the hard part. And she's like, you just put your hands like this, and I'll step into your hands as if she's done this before. It's like, it's like she did this yesterday. And so I put my hands like this, and all of a sudden there's just a whole bunch of, like, ninth-grade girl butt just, like, right here. And I'm just like trying to do this and i pull her up and she's sitting up and she finally gets out of this briar patch and she's sitting up on this on this bridge and i pull myself up and i'm sitting there and you would think you would think this girl would be like i should put my pants on but she doesn't she doesn't i blame her parents but she she just sits on the bridge and laughs with her friends <laughs> and i'm like hey will you put your pants on so, so things aren't going to get weirder um, as they already are, and so we finally get her dressed, and then we head back, and we're putting bikes away and stuff. I'm like, hey, thank you guys for being here. And I was like, man, I really hope you have the best week of your life. Can I pray for you guys? And so I start praying for them, and then afterwards this girl comes up to me, and she says, and I, I'm like, I don't even look her in the eyes. I'm just like this the whole time, I'm like, me and you know each other way too well, <laughs> and and she's and she's like looking me right in the face, and she just goes, "I had a a decent time today," and I was like, "Good, okay, great, thanks," and then she just goes, "Other than you." basically seeing me naked. And I was like, I, I tried not to look. And so um, I didn't know what to say. But there's a reason I tell you this story. And one of those reasons is because it's fantastic. All right? That's the first reason. The, the, the second reason I tell you this story is because I'm a teller of stories. <laughs> and I like telling stories. And, and it, this every single time I read this scripture, it reminds me of this girl going into a briar patch. Hang with me. It's about to get wild. All right. So in John 11... Um, um, it starts like this. And I'm going to skip around, so try to hang with me. I don't want to just spend all my time reading to you guys. So it says this. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, a village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory. It's for God's glory so that, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he went, So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed for two more days. Now, we're going to skip to verse 11. After, after he had said this, he went, uh, he went to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and we're going to go wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking about death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Okay, four days. So Lazarus is dead, really dead, like really, really dead. On a scale from one to ten, he is ten, all right? He's dead, all right? And Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. And I, I, I always think, why four days? And so, as I've been doing research about this, um, in Jewish culture, there's like this Jewish folklore that said when a person died, their spirit would remain around that body for three days. And so, Jesus comes on the fourth day. I don't believe it was by accident. I don't believe it was by coincidence. I believe that Jesus wanted people to see the power. I wanted Jesus, I think, people, uh, I think he wanted people to see that he wasn't like calling the spirit back that was still around the body. But no, he was actually bringing a man back to life. Verse 20. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she, sent, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So after he said this, he went back and called his sister aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews that had come alongside her weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. "Where have you laid him?" He asked. "Come and see." Lord," they replied. Verse 35. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, "See how he loved him." Verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb, and there was a cave with a stone laid across. So here's that phrase again, those two words again, deeply moved. And and, and the tough part about our English language is we don't We can't really convey what Jesus is feeling in this moment, in this moment. Um, This this word um, means so much more. This deeply moved is so much more than our English language could could really, really muster. And it's more than like sitting at a beautiful sunset and it does something to you. It's more than like hearing a beautiful song or seeing a painting or a funeral or a wedding. It's much, much, much more than that. The Greek word actually is like a snort from a horse. It's anger. It's anger it's frustration and it's not it's not the, it's not that he's 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 frustrated that people are sad he's frustrated that there's a reason for people to be sad verse 39 take away the stone he said but lord said martha the sister of the dead man by this time there's a bad odor for he had been in there for 4 days then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that you might, uh, they may believe that you have sent me. When he, said, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet uh, wrapped with strips of linen and his cloth around his face, Jesus said to them, "Take off the grave clothes and let him go." This is like in my top three favorite favorite stories in the entire Bible, and I think it's awesome. One, because it shows a beautiful character of Jesus. It really, really does. It shows that Jesus cries. And, and I love verse thirty-five. It's one of my favorite verses, and and I think oftentimes it's one of those verses that's like, it's just kind of we, we just skip over. It's 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 like the answer to a trivia question. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? Like it's like a, an to a trivia question, or it's like a punchline to a joke. Hey mom, I memorized the Bible verse today. That's what it is, and it gets and it gets so passed, and people are looking. To get to like the meatier verses, the verses that might mean more for us. And I think it's easily skipped over, but I think it's the most beautiful two words in Scripture. Jesus wept. He saw the things that upset his friends, and he cried with them. He saw them hurting, and he takes time to stop and mourn with his friends. If you're following along on an outline, my uh, point warning, Jesus does not need to be in the same proximity to heal Lazarus. I really think whenever he sent, whenever Mary Martha sent this person to go tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick, I think Jesus could have been like, I just healed him right now. Before you even finished that sentence, he's healed. Before you even said a word, I know, you know what you're thinking, G- I healed him. Go ahead. I'm not even going to go over there. And that would have been so much easier. But he doesn't. Bingo. We heard a bingo. Where? Where? Right there. Right there. Daniel, back there. Way to go. Who won it? Man, the rest of you, the rest of you guys aren't losers, you're just not winners. Way to go. Gosh, oh, I love a bingo. I think it would have been way easier for Jesus, as he's sitting with, these, with his friends and he's sitting with the other people who are there crying, I think it would have been way easier for Jesus to say, hey, guys, stop crying. Remember, I'm Jesus. I can do whatever I want. I can bring him back from the dead right now. But he doesn't. He just hurts with his friends. Point number two in your outline. Jesus hurts for the things in our life that hurt us. What if I told you that not only does Jesus hurt when we hurt, but that he cries? I I, I think about students, um and what they're going through, and there is not a day that goes by that I don't hear about a middle school or a high school or a college student that is just in need. They have this hurt, and I hear about them, you know, not making the team, or, or they failed a test, or their boyfriend or their girlfriend broke up with them, or, 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 or maybe that girl doesn't even like them back. They just want to be friends. Or they're really, really bullied at school and they think everybody doesn't like them. I hear this stuff every single day. And students just want somebody to care. That's it. They just want one person to care and hurt for the things that hurt them. So here's the thing, guys. Students today They're just sitting in briar patches. They don't have a clue how to get out. They feel stuck. And they feel helpless. And they feel like they can't move. And every move they make, it just tangles them up more and more. Point number three on your outline. The worst part is, is they don't even know they're stuck. They just think that this is what life is. That I'm supposed to just deal with this hurt I'm supposed to just deal with this anxiety or, or, or no one cares. No one cares what I'm going through. And they just think that's life. And then they start putting their identity in all these different things. They put it in sports in popularity, in grades, and popularity and grades. And they put it in who their boyfriend or who their girlfriend is. And this is going to sound silly to you. It, they put it on their social media following. That's an identity to them. Or likes on a photo. And just like this briar patch, the more and more they they put their identity in that, the worse things get. They just keep getting tangled up and tangled up more. Because we know when we don't put our identity in Jesus, it just leads to more frustration, more anxiety, more stress, and deeper and deeper hurt. So here's what they do. Here's what students do. When things in their life are going not so great, they reach out to their friends. All right? They reach out to their friends. And here's the thing. I've done a lot of stupid stuff within the last hour. OK, and I remember when I was like in middle school, when I was in middle school, I would do something really dumb. And my dad would say, why? Why did you who told you to do that? And I was like, well, my friend Jason said it would be a great idea. And then I love my dad. He's a wild animal, but I love my dad. All right. And he would go, why are you listening to him? He's just as dumb as you are. <laughs> he, my dad's the coolest. He is the best. But I think about that all the time. The thing is, is if you have students that they reach out to other students and they're just sitting in a different briar patch and it makes things worse or, or they're, they're, they're hurting and they, they go out and get a boyfriend or a girlfriend and that makes them happy for a second but then relationships get tough and then they keep doing things that later they regret and things that they later feel shame about and they keep doing because they're just fighting for this happiness and it doesn't fill them up. And they just keep doing it. And then then they reach out for drugs and alcohol. And we know that just numbs the pain. That doesn't fix anything. And our students are looking for value and acceptance in all the wrong places. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you guys? Point number four. Our students need to be pointed to Jesus. They need you. They need an adult who truly cares about them. More than just a teacher, more than just a coach, somebody who's going to give them a test or give them playing time. They need somebody who cares about them just because. Our students need to know how valuable they truly are. They are valuable, and they are special, and none of them know it. They need an adult who says, I believe in you. They need an adult that says, hey, buddy, I promise it gets better. They need an adult who will celebrate when things are great, and they need an adult who will cry with them when things aren't. They need a friend, and they need this adult to point them back to their Creator. There's over 30,000 students in northern Colorado, and I think we should know their name. I think they should know that Jesus is their answer. Jesus is who they're looking for. Jesus doesn't walk away from them. And for some of you, you will be the only picture to a student of Jesus that they might ever see. But it's hard. I get that. It's hard. Because Jesus doesn't tell us to stand on that bridge and say, Hey, just grab my hand, or hey, grab my foot, or someone else go and get go and get him. But he tells us to climb down into a briar patch and push him out. He tells us to drive across town just to be with someone. He says to answer that phone call when you've had a long day at work. Sit a little longer with someone who just needs to talk. He needs you to sit with a student and say, how are you doing really? When I first started working here, I heard about this elderly couple who lived in Loveland. Um, They lived across the street from one of the high schools in Loveland, and every single Wednesday, every single Wednesday, uh, a group of students would walk across the street and they'd smoke cigarettes in their yard. Like it's 1999. They'd smoke cigarettes in the yard, and then this couple got fed up, and they turned their sprinklers on and their water hoses, and, get off my lawn! No, 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 no. They did none of that. They walked outside and asked them their names. They said, hello. They introduced themselves. They started asking how they could pray for them. And not only that, they got a grill, and they started putting hot dogs on the grill. So when students walked over to smoke in their front yard, they would get handed a hot dog in their name. Jesus calls us to come down into these places. Places that are not fun. Places that are not comfortable. Places that other people wouldn't dare step into. He tells us to spend our hard-earned money on hot dogs punk kids and loved one all for the sake that somebody might get to see who Jesus really is. So who is somebody in your life right now? Seriously right now I want you to think about them that you need to climb down into a briar patch and be with. And I'm not talking just students. Maybe it's that neighbor who just recently found out they had cancer. Maybe it's time to step down into that briar patch. Or maybe it's that person at work who's going through a real messy divorce. It might be time for you to see what that thorn bush is all about. Or maybe it's a friend battling addiction. Or maybe it's the kids who are always throwing cigarette butts in your yard and they just need a hot dog. And maybe they just need one person in their life that isn't yelling at them. Maybe you want to be a leader here at the church. Maybe you want to work in timber kids or middle school high school or, or college. Reach out. Students would love to have you. They could never say it, but you have no idea what it means for an adult to step into the life of a student. They need you, and they don't even know they need you. So right now, I want you to think of somebody right now that could really use some encouragement. Think of somebody who could really use some prayer and then reach out. And I challenge you to pray. Pray every single day. I double dog dare you. Pray for opportunities for this person to know who Jesus is. Or maybe you're sitting there tonight and you're in your own briar patch. Reach out. We live in a world today where this stuff is so easily hidden. Reach out. We are dying to help. Guys, I, I, I am honored. Truly honored. That I get to know your students. I am honored that I get to stand here and speak to you. I promise I will never take that for granted. If you guys will stand with me, we're going to pray. Jesus, thanks that you take the time to cry with your friends. Jesus, thank you that you care enough about us that you hurt for things in our life that hurt us. Jesus, I pray for my friends in this room who feel like they're in their own briar patch. Give them boldness to reach out. Give them boldness to ask for help. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Amen. Hey, guys, let's worship some more.